2: The opinion line on Corks 96 FM. Now I want to spend some time chatting to this gentleman and want to get his cork credentials from him because I do believe he has some. I do believe there are some granny rule or something rule that qualifies him to be one of us. He will be made an honorary corkman on Friday, regardless of that. I speak of this scamp.
0: I'm I here about the washing. I'm here about the washing. <laughs> the rush. I tell you, I I, I yeah, I'm in a nice. bit of a rush. Do you know? Hello, that's a nice uh, little Can fella. Ronnie, I'm i in a bit of a rush, so if I could leave them now, I'll be back around 6 o'clock uh, to correct them. I'll be back around the 6 o'clock now, because I tell you, I am in a bit of a rush, you know, and I can't be hanging around here talking all day. So if you'll take them now, you need not iron them now, and I'll be back in a few minutes. Wash them. must be a I'll be back in a few, well, I, I tell you now, I, I tell you, I'm in a bit of a rush, I'd love to stay around talking to you, but I tell you, I have to go off now and do a bit of a Wall. But I'll be back around 6. If you can have them for me then. Now, no i on them. Could I leave a few bits with you? Sorry, I've only got a few. I, if I leave them with you, would that be alright? No, here, will you sorry, take them?
3: The
0: no, it's about the washing. If I could leave them with you, just I'll be back about 6. Will I leave them here? Yeah, alright. Right, I'll leave them there. But now, thanks very much. I'll be back about 6 o'clock for the, for the rest of the washing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Look over there There's the camera I'm Mike Murphy From RGE. Mike Good morning Good morning BJ
3: They're as funny Go yeah
2: Go ahead They're as funny as they Everywhere you know
3: yeah, I mean, I know they showed them... Uh, it seems to be becoming a bit of a Christmas staple and boring the hell out of the Irish people every Christmas, re-showing them on, on television and all that. But, you know, the funny thing, I hadn't seen them for such a long time, and I actually watched them this year. They were I, I can't remember what night they were on, but it was over the Christmas period. And actually, I did myself think some of them were quite funny, I must say you now. But that one that you just played there, the washing, I I, I recall doing that, mm. and you know we were working under uh, under a hell of a lot of restrictions at the time doing those kind of cameras because we only had an old bread van, O'Brien's bread van. We cut a hole in the oven, stuck the camera lens sticking <laughs> out of it, and then I <laughs> and I was so in other words, I could not go past the hall door because the, the camera was out in the in the van. But um, that I do recall that the thing about the washing and one of the days we were out and we were in desperation. I don't know where it was in the country, but we were in desperation because nothing had worked and we only had the van and the crew for the day. Mm. And uh, we it was it was an evening. It was towards the evening, and I think at that stage I said, "God, look at." give them some of your jackets and shirts there for god's sake So the crew come on we'll try something else and we just i said come on we'll try something else but pretend i'm leaving some washing let's see if we get away with this and we did it and we did it in one go just the one unfortunate lovely woman and her children and the dog at the door and it worked, and it was nice and short and snappy, and it gets played a lot. But, yeah, yeah, they hold up quite well, they I do think, they,
2: yeah. where did they? Who started them? Were they your idea or somebody else's?
3: I think on the very first series I ever did, which was the likes of Mike, and that was in the early 70s, Tom McGrath had chosen me out of nowhere to present my own television series and it receives what is euphemistically called mixed critical acclaim I was simply hammered by it, by the critics <laughs> untalented can't sing can't dance can't act can't anything uh, but one of the things was me as a bit of an idiot kind of playing little jokes on the neighbours kind of thing and that's how it started mm-hmm. I think the very first of the ones with a bit of bite um, was the one we did in Dundalk with uh, Paddy Martin, the butcher and I had a white marker and I was was I was sent by, by this mysterious uh, Mr. O'Neill at headquarters who told me to go out and offer bargain stakes, S-T-A-K-E-S, as a shilling a pound. And I was writing it on the window, and poor bloody came running out, and eventually he told me to F off. And he became a bit of a celebrity, and it was very popular around the country. And that kind of started yeah. the real ones,
2: you, you know. You, you, you caught Gabo, and that's the one that most people talk, because yeah. everyone
3: thought you couldn't catch Gabo, but you did. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, it, I you're right. It is the one uh, still people I meet in the streets, and it's ah, I enjoyed the one at Trinity College with Gay, and yeah, I think he thought he could never be caught, but of course, as as I think everybody knows by now, the shock. I I always think, look at the end, and I look like the right fool standing there when when he did tell me to F off um, I had never heard Gay curse uh, ever do you know what I mean Gay didn't curse do you know what I mean he never cursed and for him to actually say it to me on, on television was unbelievable but uh, and I stood like a fool there but and uh, right enough it was a great catch there's no doubt about it and he took us really well you know though mind you he and I were very close friends you know um, in later years yeah. we we. we were very close and I remember towards oh god what would it be five or six years ago the pair of us were walking down a road near here and um somebody stopped us, a woman stopped us and said, ah, the two of you, that Trinity College and that's it, etc., etc. She was laughing her head off about it. We walked on and he turns to me and he says, I sincerely hope that's not all I'm going to be remembered for when I die.
2: (laughs) 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 I know. Mike, it started out on radio, didn't it, with you? And then television, did did television come first or second?
3: No, a television t- television first no uh, no uh, I think it was television first I'm trying to remember back yeah. but yeah no TV no it was TV started out on TV right So
2: were you literally plucked <coughs> from obscurity or had you always wanted to be a broadcaster?
3: Uh, no I was um, well I was um, doing sports uh, reporting uh, on TV and I was an announcer on radio. And uh, then when I was doing the sports, yeah, sports on TV. And then Tom McGrath was the guru of kind of television broadcasting. He picked gays to the Late Late Show. He he was the man in television and all this kind of stuff. And he created the Late Late Show. And uh, he asked me to meet him um, one day. And I had never met Tom McGrath before. And he said come up to the St. Francis Xavier Hall. Now, I was very young at the time, you know, and uh, and I went up to meet the great Tom McGrath, and uh, he he was up in the St. Francis Xavier Hall, rehearsing some show, and I sat in the theatre, at the back of the theatre, I was kind of shy, and I was nervous, I didn't know, what the hell does he want to see me about? And he walked down the thing, he's a pipe, and he's smoking a pipe, he said, how are you, Ed? Hello, how are you, Tom, nice to meet you, or something like that, and he said, would you like to compare the National Song Contest? So I said, yeah, that will be great. Thanks very much. And um, he said, OK, I'll see you on Wednesday week or something like that. And I always remember going out of the things and thinking, God, that's such a hell of a big break. Because at that time, now we're talking about 1970, 71, that kind of time. Yeah. And at that time, the National Song Contest was a big deal. It, was now, huge. it really was. Yeah. So uh, I did the national song contest, and um, after that, he then said to me, "Do you want to do your own TV series?" And I did it, but like I say, I wasn't a runaway success. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, I back think back the up. dancing, the
2: dancing <laughs> didn't help. The insistence on dancing didn't didn't. I, help. I hope you're not disparaging my my footwork. Are you? Well, people still do the Mike Murphy shuffle, <laughs> you know, in <on> the <laughs> rows. Exactly.
3: What do you mean shuffle? <laughs> It, it's a pad, uh.
2: A pad, okay. It's a pad, A pad, Come here, <laughs> yeah. Honorary Corkman, do you have Cork connections? Did I read somewhere that you do?
3: Excuse me, I heard you being a little lightweight about that when <laughs> you were doing your introduction there. Um, I, I actually, my grandmother was an O'Connell from Middleton. Really? For a start, that's for a to start. Secondly, I was buried in Cork.
2: Now, it's funny that we should get a question in as you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Make that point, Mike. John Hurley yeah. remembers
3: the Mountain Dew Festival that now your apps that's exactly so so for you to be questioning my my entitlement to this great award is a bit shabby, to be frank, because <laughs> I'm, I am actually—I be- was buried in McGroom. so I—that w- was again in the seventies. How it the was hell the Mountain did that Duke. happen? How did that come about? Look at—I don't know how did it happen. I don't know. I think they were saying this was well, a bit of an age on television. He'll do anything, and we'll do something that's a real novelty, and we'll get him to see would he be buried alive? Oh no! I'll tell you how it happened. The, the Tim Hayes was a, um, a corkman who became famous for be, for staying underground in a coffin for the longest time that a human being ever did who was actually alive. Now, I do not know how long he was down. Let's say 120 days. I'm not absolutely sure. But anyway, the, the McCroom Mountain Dew Festival decided we're going to see, can we get any other half-wit who would be prepared to go down in a coffin? And so they settled on me. Frank Hall, at the time, was the compere. And uh, I got into a coffin in McCroom, and they dug a huge pit—I mean, a a literally kind of a six feet under job—and I got into the coffin anyway. And oh yeah, I must tell you, but before I went down, we we were we were in the 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 area where the where I was going to go down, and we were on the platform, and Frank Hall said, "Now, Mike, I'd like you to meet Tim Hayes." The man who has uh, the world record for etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. and Tim and I shook hands and all this kind of stuff. And then um, Frank said to, to Tim, uh, "Tim, have you any advice now that you can give to Mike before he goes underground?" And Tim said, "Mike, don't let your legs get itchy because you won't be able to scratch them." I said, "Oh God, he's right." <laughs> oh, <laughs> he said, "Right, I wouldn't, you know." So anyway, I got into the coffin. And they lowered me down, and they put me down the full six feet or whatever it was. But I was right down with the, There was a pipe kind of coming down to me, and and then they they covered it up. You know, they covered me up, and they literally covered it up to ground level. So I was I was literally six feet under. You know, with the and I could I to be perfectly honest with you now, um, I can still remember the sound of the clay coming down on top of me um, on the top of the box. <laughs> you know? It I I was time kind of the thinking. original lemon celebrity get me out of here, I, wasn't it? That was kinda of stupid of me to be honest with you, for <laughs> God's sake. But anyway, uh, and then and then so people were passing by and talking down to me down along the pipe. But then some smartass came along and put his hand over the pipe and blocked out all the light and all the air. Uh, which I must say I didn't find very amusing. I can't imagine that you did. <laughs> and then when they dug me up, it took them about 20 minutes to dig me up, and I kind of decided if I the next time it'll be for good. I don't think I'll be doing this no, again. wouldn't be chancing that again.
2: A lot of people remembering the microquism.
3: Gosh, that's right. Well, the I, 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 funny the microquism happened. I, I had been doing the live mic, and then I got a bit sick of the live mic, and I, I gave it up live on air. And RT didn't know what the hell to do with me after that, you know. They were a bit put out about the fact that I had walked away from a very successful program. And uh, they kind of didn't know what to do with me. And so they, came, they invented a quiz show around me. And that was the Mur- Murphy's Micro Quiz, which I really enjoyed, by the way. It's it was a good uh, show. A mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean... it look, it wasn't meaningful, but a lot of people thought it was good, and a lot of, uh, I mean, the, the prize, I mean, if I say the prize would have been a Morris Minor, I may be exaggerating, but that was the grand prize at the end of the year. And I think we only gave away about one or two cars in the entire series. Yeah. Three end of the entire years, I did. You know, it. It's a gave horrifying.
2: Uh, Someone says you'll have yeah. to have a bowl of tripe and Drusheen now to recognize your, your honorary <laughs> Carkness. Mike, Father Brian Trendy, yeah, did you introduce yeah. him, or had he been around before?
3: No, Dermot. Um, yeah, the great Dermot. When, when we were when we were uh, putting together, Muris McConnel was the uh, uh, controller of programmes uh, in R.D. at the time, and the late, late was on a Saturday nights. And he got he said he got John Kilman. said so John and I, John was producer, and John and I were friends. And he's called the two of us into his office one day and he said, look, he said, we need a really big Friday night show. And he said, I want you two to go away and come up with a live Friday night show. So we came back with uh, what turned out to be a very successful um Series the live Mike and it went straight to number one in the ratings, and so for four years we were we were number one this week, the late late next week, huge ratings. We mm. were getting like at that time <clears throat> people were limited in what they were able to get in terms of channels. That's right. So we had a monopoly, you know, and uh, we were getting viewers up to, up to a million a week uh, on our programmes, Gay on the late late, and me on the live mic. But anyway, after for a number of years, I kind of. Uh, I got fed up with it, and uh, I got—I didn't enjoy the last series I did so I left it. And uh, they had to—they had to kind of um, fit me into something else. And I suppose that, that was an interesting—an interesting time for me. But it was look, sorry, anyway, I'm losing the thread of what I'm talking about.
2: No, 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 it, it, we do remember it, and we remember Father Brian Trendy, and of course the launch. Oh, yeah, kind of, the launch Dermot, of Dermot no, Morgan. Really?
3: Okay, no, let me tell you about it. What we—what we did was. We decided we'd go and get or get people that we knew and people who'd be good. And at the time, I had been doing a morning call. I was on the radio right. uh, every morning. And Dermot used to, he was a teacher in, um, in a St. Michael's College here, and he used to send me in very funny letters, and I'd read them out over the air. And then, so, and, and uh, I really, his name stuck with me and then when we were getting people for the, the show, we, we got Twink first, because we knew how talented Twink was in terms of doing impersonations and so on. We got Twink and then we said okay, let's go and see your man, But We heard that he was doing a kind of a cabaret turn in UCD, which is where he, he was doing a bit of study in there. So we went over and we saw him and at the time, he, was, he wasn't doing Father Trendy, but he was Doing, um, it was a, a send up of Big Tom, and he was sending he, he called us a Big gum and and the main <laughs> liners or something. But anyway, he was very funny, and we spoke to him afterwards, and he said, "Look, as I had this other character, and um, the Father Brian Trendy." And uh, so he he did a bit of Father Brian Trendy and we said, Yeah, great, he'd be great and that's that's how we got Dermot on T V and um he it turned he turned out to be hugely successful as Father Trendy and then he did the GAM yes, and he'd smash up the studio things so, like that. We'd, so we'd, we'd, we lost him way too young. What, what, a, ge- what a genius he yeah, was. And we look lost at, him way I, too I, young. I, you know something, I do think of it, and I just think God, with the the show is still a hugely amusing show, oh, As yeah. Ted. But when you think you know, about it, Mike, it really is. That, I, I, you know?
2: I never knew that, that Dermot Morgan was discovered when he was writing to yeah, you Delive on Mike. Morning Call.
3: Yeah, that's how he was discovered. Wow. Yeah, that's right.
2: Wow. wow. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm old enough to remember, and I don't like telling people what age I am, and I'm not going to, but I remember Yowza, Yowza, Yowza.
3: Yeah, that's right. We used to play records, uh, the kind of the country music records, a lot of them, and the mother records. I hated them. But, uh, you know, these kind of uh, my silver-haired granny of mine and that, I used to like them and so we'd play them and we'd, we'd play a soundtrack Yowza, Yowza, Yowza <laughs> after and it turned out to be quite funny and in fact, I remember coming up with and it wasn't that popular I came up with my own uh, version of what what it needs the song title that would be all of the requirements of a number one hit in Ireland it has to have Patriotism, it has to have martyrdom, it has to have religion, and it has to have mother. So I came up with the all encompassing title Mother Died in the Pool at Lourdes, Shot by a Fenian Gun. I thought that it would make a great hit. It would have to be number one. Did that ever get recorded? Somebody did record. Somebody <laughs> made a, a poem or a song or a, for a laugh. But uh, it has all the ingredients to be a hit. Well,
2: Mike, from Friday we can finally claim you as one of our own. Like you said, links to Middleton and links to McCroom, but from Friday
3: you will be an honorary
2: corkman. It's a pleasure to speak with you, Mike Murphy, and thank you.
3: BJ, thanks very much, and I'm very, very honoured to be, be uh, attending on Friday, and I'm looking forward to it very much. Thanks very much. Cheers, Mike. The great Mike Murphy, honorary corkman
2: from Friday. Courts 96 FM.